Attention, citizens, it's time for Super Pulp Science. Okay, this is Super Pulp Science, where we talk about how genre gets made. I am here with a veritable cast of thousands. Uh, Dan is hiding in the booth right now. Steven is here on the mic. So is Lyndon and Justin. We have all uh, returned to your ears for our talking pleasure. Your listening pleasure is optional, I suppose. Um, Gentlemen, we've all crossed thresholds today, have we not? I some think of, so. Some of you, it's the international date line, oh and some of you, it's uh, the publishing line, and some of you, it's, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, my convention started. <laughs> that's right. Right, Dan? Yes, that's right. Okay, so for those of you who don't know what the heck I am talking about, Justin has just returned from Paris. I'm super overtired right now, so everything is four times funnier than I think it probably really is. Okay. <laughs> does, that, does that mean we're all overtired right now? I, I think we're... Greg, are you, are you overtired right now? Uh, no, I feel great. Yeah, okay, I, I think things. I slept like eight and a half hours last night. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Yeah, we're solid. Half, more than half of us. So Justin has returned. Uh, say something clever and pithy in en français. <laughs> I didn't even try to speak French because every so often Catherine would speak a little bit of French to somebody like a local, and they would just give her like kind of a eh, look and then speak like return in English. Like they don't even try. <laughs> like it's like really bad no, English. No, no, no. <laughs> just, I speak my second language better than you do. That's yeah. basically what they're saying. Yeah, they right? don't they don't tolerate you trying to speak French. Just just speak English. Don't they all cast know it. all of French people in one brush, Justin. That's not fair. That's not fair. Just don't do that to the French. I'm I'm doing that to the French. Stephen and Lyndon, this is your uh, third podcast with us Goodness. on a very special journey the trilogy the journey of your book being made we're sitting here at uh, red river campus on princess is that right dan on princess street 160 princess avenue and we are in the recording studio so we all have these giant robot arms with microphones in our faces it looks legit we it look, does we our, look professional yeah our podcasting yeah. is finally full legit <laughs> and you have launched your book tell us about what just happened oh my god we sold our book for the first time at at FanQuest yeah. 2018. So yeah. here at 160 Princess Street at Red River College, June no. 23rd and 24th. <laughs> no, you guys, it's over. You can't. It's not going to. It's not help. over. There's still another day. Yeah. So we're currently sitting minutes after the close of the first day of FanQuest. So we have all just left our tables and hidden in this booth while everyone else is still packing up to leave. Yeah, we're so less we than 100 meters probably from yeah. the actual show floor right and, now. Uh, Where no one can hear us. And we launched our book today. Yeah. Oh my God. And, it was and, really cool. And more than one person bought it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more than one person who wasn't our parents. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. It's so really cool. Do you guys want to talk numbers? Like since you told me that you got the book on Wednesday, yep. how many copies of your book have you we sold since sold... Wednesday? Okay, Where so today? 27 today. Yeah, plus we had 39 wow. sold before this, so yeah. we're at 60, it's about 65. 66, yeah, I spent the afternoon yesterday going around my old high school. M my mom works there. She had <laughs> sold. Like hiding in lockers? <laughs> hey, <laughs> you want to buy a book? <laughs> That's where I sell, yeah, out of lockers. I used to go here. This is what I do now. And, like, and she had gone around and basically sold a copy to every teacher and was getting me to sign them all. So she basically padded our float for the weekend, which is really cool. So like, can your mom join our sales team? <laughs> yeah. I feel like. So like I was really concerned to start because you were like, yeah, I sold like 40 copies to my school. And I'm like, 
you gave our book to children? <laughs> Do we want them to <laughs> that? That was this? one of her questions. Is it suitable for a 12-year-old? And I said, I said, if they're protected from this, they're not going to do very well in life. Oh, my God. <laughs> because there's, a, there's a, just a war. <laughs> just a war. <laughs> my mom used to give uh, the, the deal in our house was if you can read it, then you can read it. Okay. That's awesome. Interesting. Right? Yeah. yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that. now I make comics, so, you know, parents, <laughs> I guess that's a cautionary tale <laughs> for you all. Yeah. So we, uh, we finished, we got them shipped to Wednesday. Wednesday, it was Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning, actually. No, it was Thursday morning. Thursday yeah. morning, yeah, yeah, not even Wednesday, so two days yeah. ago. And did it come on a pallet? They did. And yeah, we got 10, yeah. 10 boxes, and there's about 70 in each box, so we're, we're like a box down. Yeah. Yeah, almost ten percent of your inventory. Yeah, which is a, yeah. a good chunk of our, our investment. Wow. So as a uh, first time experience at a show with the book that you self published and made, um, how do you feel? I feel really good because I've done shows myself before. Uh, mostly, I'd sell a couple prints that I made for the previous couple months. And just did commissions and stuff like that. And people come by, pay me 35 bucks, I'll paint them a picture. Um, I enjoyed that, but I was really looking forward to just having a book to sell. And like, it was just a really good feeling to just have somebody come up and be like, what's this about? Um, and they'd, and they'd thumb through it. And yeah. And so you sold books to strangers. Yeah. 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 Yeah and talked about it to strangers and got people excited about it. A big one that we noticed was like people really loved the color choices. Yep. And so we got to like make a joke about that. And, and I don't know, it was just- Is it a joke I, though? No, the, the joke where it's, oh, our next, everybody loves the color, but our yep. next book's gonna be black and white. Which so. is like an honest, <laughs> an honest consideration though. We're, we're, yeah. We've started thinking yeah. about what we wanna do next. Oh my God, wait, done. wait until you see the price difference when you print in black and white versus color. Well, it's way more expensive here. for no reason, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> the opposite. But I can tell you as a person who sold, you know, who had a comic store, um, you know, and this is going back a number of years, but you'd usually get like a 70% difference in sales in color books versus black and white. Like just people are willing to take a chance on something that's uh, color that they've never heard of far more than if it's yeah. black and white, they've mm. never heard of it. Oh. Right. So I'm just going to, I'm going to back us up half a step we're okay. talking about the first day of selling the book I have, a, I have a question that pertains to that okay do it um so every time i come up with a new book yeah. and people pick it up and they usually ask oh like your book what's it about and it takes me a while to get that speech we'll get perfected right we're because it, yeah. it you try a couple different ones so what have you guys been saying oh my god so this is your new book what's it about like what have you guys been saying yeah, and like, and that we were just talking about that, but while we were packing up for for the day, and how we, like, you get. I was saying to Nico, yeah, um, you could you shout you, out Nico Rudolph, yeah, Nico Rudolph. Um, <laughs> you start to hone in that one liner. Go see his stuff. Um, and so, wait, do you want us to give you the one liner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. want to do it? No, you, you do it. You want me to do yeah, it? You do it. Is there only you guys have already got one? Well, we actually before the book was done, we were. On a on like a Facebook call like Fucking months ago, and, and I think it, I don't I think I like hearken back to something from it was actually it was a class you it guys was in taught prep for our first episode with them. We were oh. talking about what do you think they want to talk about? We and broke we it like, down into one line. They'll absolutely ask us if yeah. we break it down into one line, and you didn't. We so didn't. Thank you. Well, now <laughs> is the time. 
Well, okay. You've had to load these Let's many see if I can pull this off. It's been about five minutes since I've done it. So, <laughs> um, but uh, a team of enhanced humans are sent off into space to find a new planet for Earth, a new planet for humans, because Earth is ending. And shoot, complications ensue. Complications ensue. No. <laughs> the, the, uh, the line that I used was, yeah. "And they're forced." to make some tough decisions. Ooh. And then people go, regarding what? And you go, multiple types of extraterrestrial life. And there were some people that asked us extra more questions. They wanted more details. So we talk about how, you know, it's a, it's essentially it's an action adventure, but there are elements of humor, but the humor is used by the characters to cope with their own challenges that they're facing. It's, it's a defense mechanism that they use. I'm gonna posit that you guys are gonna find out uh, at, over the life of selling this book, the the ninety percent of the you have left, uh, that you're going to get these branching ways that you understand who your fans are. Mm-hmm. So, by way of example, Infinitum is a time travel murder mystery, yep. and the follow up questions related to time travel immediately put people into two camps: people who know about time travel because of Star Trek, and people who know about time travel because of Doctor Who. Oh. And now I know like which narrative. Yeah. By the way, they're cosplaying. <laughs> Sometimes, by the yeah. way, they're called, I mean, the shirts always tell you, but the just the question, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to find, I think, people who are like into the idea of extraterrestrials because of Star Trek versus Star Wars mm. versus like alien abduction stories that they'll probably tell you all mm. about as soon as you bring it up. Yeah. But I was, uh, was going to say before, I have a couple notes about making the book things things that we've that i have learned or that we've learned from the making the book process complete the journey for us yeah exactly (laughs) is is, um looking back i think steven and i agree that we would have liked probably what three more days for a copy edit a copy edit would have been good another set of eyes i think if we had gotten up once we finished it if we had gotten a moment to take a breath yeah because just by the way uh mostly the, the way i timed it um uh if we had gotten a moment to take a breath and then go back to it and have like a, a thorough read, we would have just caught some things a that small typos. That having I said that, exists. I think they're, they're personal hangups that I don't think many people are going to notice reading the book. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah, we're, we're our own worst critic. The other, the other concern that we had had that we didn't realize when we were laying out the book to send to the printer was, um, always add the trim border to the outside of the page, right. which we didn't realize. And it was nothing that would that would come up in any any conversation that we'd had before. But we laid out our page as we, we wanted to see it in a book into the trim edge of the, the printer. And the, the edge of our artwork gets super close to where the printer goes and cuts the pages. And then you sent me a panic text saying yeah. like, oh, gosh, has I've, your, I've ruined our book. Yeah, the book is ruined. <laughs> But it all worked out. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah it was fine. Yeah. Did so, you notice? Did the legal mind? You know that you're, uh, you're articling now in law. Is that what? It's no, called? I uh, I finished my second year school now. I've secured my articling position here in Winnipeg, so I am going to be returning for the long the long haul soon. And Justin and I were joking today that because his his girlfriend is in law, he understands what an articling position is. Yes. So he knows that it's you need to get it done to to finish the the journey of becoming a lawyer. So I wondered if in this journey to become a lawyer, you noticed every time you asked me, should I do this with your book? Oh, yeah. I m- made it very carefully to explain <laughs> to them, like, this is what I would do, but this is the decision you'll have to make for yourself because it will affect the entire print run 
and considerable thousands of dollars. (laughs) That is a decision you must make for yourself. We've relied on you so much so far. We're just going to keep doing that. All in all, like, based on whatever decisions we made or whatever mistakes we think we made, I think the book looks really good. It it turned out exactly how I wanted it to. Um, So I'm I'm very happy with the the final product, for (laughs) sure. Hopefully, so begins your new addiction with making books. We've already started talking about the next one. And I I think... It's a good sign. And I've Mm. noticed this too, talking to other people, how much, how we're so much more confident now talking about the process of making something Mm -hmm. now that we've actually gone through it. Like it's not, it's not a theory anymore. It's, we've lived it. We, we, we know where we can do better. We know what we, we did right. Yeah. I have a better idea of how to time myself because my shoulder was hurting in the last couple couple (laughs) weeks of making this book. Yeah. I've been on deadline time and I've been visiting a massage therapist regularly once a week as a result of that. Our print deadline was a Monday and Steve got me the last page of art the Sunday. Perfect. And like, that's that's perfect. But it's like probably the best page in the book. It is the best page. page. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, um, a synanthropic species, right. Is a species that thrives in relationship to another species. All right. So like crows have a synanthropic relationship to humans. When a human population rises, the crow population rises. Okay? I like crows. And I think that uh, comic book artists have a synanthropic relationship yeah. to um, comic cons and conventions. And so this is where we're going to pin it on you, Dan. What we are doing is, you know, related to... Uh, I am, sorry. There you go. Don't apologize. I was still working on (laughs) Can't Stop. You're a god to us. I was just posting about our our evening screening that's happening over at uh, Cinematheque. Oh, that's, I could hear the type, type. Yeah, sorry. Oh, yes, I thought I turned my mic off. I apologize. That's all right. Um, Yeah. So you're, you, we have a synanthropic relationship to you, Dan, and you made this happen today. Yeah, it turned out amazing. Well, it was, um, I like, I think, okay, here's. This, here's the funny thing. We recorded like a, a episode of Super Pulp Science that's still in the can. Right. About uh, making this. <laughs> about making this. Uh, I sat down with you guys and, and, and Sam and we talked about the whole process and why I did this and blah, blah, blah. And I still have not posted that episode. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to post this episode right now as soon as we're done. Right. Uncut. You're not going to get the usual little... This episode? This episode. Yes, oh, yes, right yes. Oh we're going to post an we're gonna talk. Episode. We're going to talk about, this is how we're immediacy. Time to start swearing, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's your podcast. It's not my podcast. I'm okay. going to look up some video sounds that I can play live into my mic. Oh, my so we have the okay. right yeah. Let me finish. So that's going to be that. And then the other one's going to be a prequel. So you can listen to this now and feel. <laughs> maybe you can hear. Oh, see our see the reaction. Oh, that's cool. And then and then the other one's the prequel where we make uh, the force microscopic beings and uh, and ruin the magic. So no, it, it's so good. It's so good. There was um, I love it. You know the I took more time to kind of enjoy things and and sit down. The highlights for me, obviously, Pablo Hidalgo is here and he's. So well spoken. Did you have a chance to talk to him, Greg? He was kind of right by you for a bit. Just briefly, we've been exchanging uh, pleasant smiles, and uh, I give him the peace sign, and he gives me the thumbs up whenever people are up there. Well, here's an example of how nice of a guy and how understanding he is. Um, And we had this great moment in our – we gave him an award. The Red River College, where we're holding this – where we are right now, we're holding the con. He's a graduate of Red River College, uh, the Creative Communications Program. And so the college gave him a Distinguished Graduate Award, which is something they don't give away every year. It's like every five or six years or whatever. The last one was in 2012. 
And so they gave him this award, and it was all very cool. We had the the Mercs, the Mandalorian Mercs, and the five hundred first march in and and stand at attention while he got the award. And I he had, he, he stood up. He's like, I have to stand up. And he stood up while they came in, and he loved it. And then at the end of it, I gave him. Um, it's called the Jet Swing Jersey, which is another another guy, um, Greg. I can't pronounce his last name, but Not he. You, Greg. Is it no, a different Greg? A different Gregory <laughs> with a different last name. Yeah. Yes, a different, really difficult to pronounce name. Um, so Greg makes these. It's a. It's a. The logo. It's like the Jets jersey, but the logo is actually an X-wing fighter or a combination cool. of two different X-wing fighters. That's pretty cool. So uh, and we made one for Pablo. So we gave it to him. We said, "We know you're a big hockey fan. He loves the Jets. He was watching the Jets game during the solo premiere. He was in Hollywood on the red carpet and he's watching the game versus Nashville on his phone." Um, I got I saw a video of that. So so we gave him this jet thing, and there was a mistake on the back. It was supposed to say Rogue One on the back, right? Rogue Zero One. That's how that's the shirt that this guy makes. The printer messed up, and it says Rogue Ten. Flip <laughs> the digits. But you know what? And I noticed it. I mean, I was holding it out. I said, "Here we go. It's the Jetswing jersey. It's Rogue One on the back." And I thought that would be special because Rogue One is his favorite movie out of these films because he worked so closely on that one. Yeah. Um, and he's like, no, no, it's fine. It's Howard Chuck's number. It's all oh. good. Oh. And I'm like, like that's so, uh, so nice. And he loved it, and it was such a great moment. So that was kind of my moment of like, this is the, this one moment is worth all of this, all the, you know, work and stress and everything that I've been going through for the last few months is is absolutely worth it. Dan, I don't, uh, I don't remember who it was that said it to me today. Maybe it was, maybe it was Steve. Maybe it was, maybe it was Greg here. Um, someone stopped me and said that you seemed. Like you're enjoying yourself this year. <laughs> and it didn't last year. It didn't last year. I know. I didn't last year. And it wasn't just, it was mostly the con, but it was also, uh, I was in a rough place personally at that time. And it was a whole other thing, but it was not a good time for me last year. Yeah. Well, you were in the middle of selling your house and everything at that time. Well, yes, that's right. It was. I was in the middle of a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah, it was not a great time. And this year, so much better, and and the attendance is is high. We have more people coming through. That's a good. Uh, the vendors all seem very happy with the venue, and and yeah, it's a great venue. Yeah. so much natural light, and although like it gets a, a little, I know it gets a little hot in there uh, in the late afternoon. No, as somebody was telling bad. me, no, it hasn't been bad. Okay. I feel fine. Yeah. yeah, you guys aren't in the sun. There's one person who's like directly in the sun. Okay, I can't help them. I'm sorry, I can't control the sun. <laughs> Tell them to buy a banner. <laughs> I've been to a convention or, in Orlando. Okay, hold on, hold on. There's a moment here, Dan, for you as a showrunner. You have a specific person, just one, who has a specific need that they're too hot. Yeah. Is there a way that you can bring a fan from home for them? Uh, oh I don't actually own a fan. Do we, we have bring vol- a fan from the studio? <laughs> can we get volunteers to just go and fan them? Like I'm being, I don't have give a one a fan. It's they a all want a fan. No, I'm not. This is like uh, not hyperbolic here. Like there's, th- it's only one person that has the real complaint. Let's find a way to solve that. That's actually a good tomorrow. idea. Yeah, that's a good right? idea. Different if the whole room is hot, we got to suffer together. But if just one person has got a sunbeam lancing through their poor body, then we bet we could fix that, <laughs> right? Dan, did you say we're, we're going to record this live? We're going to just launch it? Yeah. Okay. Why not? Oh, come on. Hey, listen, I also There's work no here. There's no Pepsi allowed in here, you guys. <laughs> You're not allowed to have canned beverages they like they don't like Pops. it when you have uh, drinks around the expensive equipment in here Perhaps. some students spilled coffee all over this board once uh, and it was the worst. not a good scene the worst. is it the same board or did you have to replace it no it was the same board we just had to clean it up oh, okay. uh. dry it off clean it up and it's good but it's it's a pain to do that i'll so. put my pepsi on the floor here then so that i don't <laughs> spill on anyone. no you guys are good actually there's no expensive other than the microphones of course nothing else is good so anyway yes everything's going great having a great time yeah a fan quest that's awesome that's i know crazy. Uh, 
I see what you're doing there. So Gregory, you were uh, you were a vendor last year. Wait, 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 wait. wait. We're going to explain no. this. So right. normally, I, I make Dan put in a John Carpenter reference in our thing. So Every we, and you know how hard it is. To find and John, we could after 35 episodes. We could find, not actually do a live I, episode without putting a little. Carpenter that's true. In there. That's true. And actually, I know that film so well now because of this podcast. <laughs> uh, the problem. What I really need to do is actually own all these films so that I can watch them through and then pick out the the good clips. Um, because there's only a limited amount of clips on YouTube or on the internet where I can get it. And there, I know there's so much more good stuff in that movie. Um, so in that, that movie being the thing, by the way, which is what, and I wouldn't have recognized that clip four months ago, whenever, before I started doing this podcast with you guys, I would not have known that one. Cause I've only seen the movie once years ago. And, uh, but now I know that scene intimately <laughs> because <laughs> I've listened to it and watched it so many times. It's the scene where they're trying to bring the guy back to life and they didn't realize it's, it's actually the monster. So he goes to defibrillate the guy and the chest opens up and it's this big gnarly mouth and it bites down on his hands and yeah. It's, it's awesome. Gruesome. Episode two of our trilogy, we talked about how we had too many pop culture references. Where? There's actually- In our episode. Very our few- episode. Oh, like like uh, from us. Yeah. Oh, I think we're, we were we talking pop culture the whole time. More? What's this? <laughs> I don't know. He's doing something else. Oh, that's cool. That was just, just, just doing a little bit of just some musical interlude here to live up our live. I thought, was, I thought this was a swell oh, up to like sound? a Hans Zimmer score or something. I have more questions for Gregory when he's done. Gregory, you were uh, a vendor. Justin wasn't here last year. You were a vendor for FanQuest Year One. We were at a new venue. Correct. Yes. Um, Dan has said that he's he's in love with our event this year. I think the venue is much better because our everything was really far apart last year. This venue is streets ahead of the last streets venue. Ahead. Streets yeah. ahead. For for listeners, stop trying to make that happen. <laughs> for listeners that don't uh, that don't know, <laughs> as as aside from being a, a creator here with with Stephen, I help. I assist Dan in in running FanQuest to a certain degree, to a much lower degree than than he does. But Gregor, you were a vendor last year. What do you think compared compared to last year and this year? Uh, and I'm sure it's I've I've heard other people ask you that already today. Yeah, so I've really enjoyed the venue change. Um, the campus switch has put all of the foot traffic in the same area, mm-hmm. which is you know. What you need. There's a certain magic. There's actually a formula for it. I was looking up some stuff about what happens to how people move through spaces at a certain threshold, like once there's a certain number of people, which is pertinent to our, you know, when we're in a place with 100,000 people, it's pertinent to setting up your booth. Uh, People behave differently. Don't spill that Sprite. It's trouble. Uh, So, yeah, really like it. Also, the, the, dear listeners who are from other places in the world, and there's more than a few of you, um, the Red River campus uh, downtown uh, was reclaimed um, by basically gutting a whole bunch of old heritage buildings mm-hmm. and leaving their edifices mm-hmm. intact. So cool. So all of these old storefronts from 1901 are all around us is the setting in which we are, you know, vending our pop culture wares, which is just lends it a kind of mm-hmm. kind of air of majesty, I feel. Right? I've always loved this campus. But how did you make that happen, Dan? And why couldn't you do it last time? Uh, I work here, and I wasn't... Why didn't we? We had some reason, Lyndon. I don't remember. There was something else that was going on. No, there wasn't. I know what there wasn't. There was a reason that we didn't do it here. 
I don't remember what it was. It's never hosted an event like this before. This is the first time this campus has ever done something like this. And it looks pretty good. And a lot it of vendors have said they love how <laughs> they love the venue. And my by the way, uh my, not my boss, my boss's boss's boss or something like that. Christine uh is uh higher up at the college. Yeah. She, she was presented here to, the award today. Yes, to Pablo and so she and she's in the upper management and she loved it. She loved the event. She's coming back tomorrow with her kids. Did That's she awesome. have a name? Oh, tag I she, yeah, she came yeah, to visit Steve and I. Her. I yeah. knew who that is. Yeah, yeah. She was so excited to see this happening. So I think that we've even opened it up an opportunity for the college to I do more so, stuff yeah. like this. Because I don't think they ever conceived of usually they host like Din- like dinners and and weddings and um like kind of you know regular events right Boy, nothing like this so hoity toity events <laughs> um but or like galas and that kind of stuff that's kind of what they do so only only thing I feel bad about because there's on, on there's often um uh, wedding parties that come through here to do photography on the mm-hmm. weekend because there's never everybody here on the weekend but I wonder if I just wonder if anybody was planning to do that today yeah. okay. not there it's only in the middle of summer it's only in the middle of wedding season <laughs> no kidding hey, they come up here and everyone's dressed like uh, comic characters and superheroes and like ah oh, maybe. Come Come on, is there a better wedding photo? That than would that? be pretty cool. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I had think there is. I had some friends that came and visited us today that have never been to a comic convention before because I wanted to come and see the what Stephen and I have been working on. And the comments that I got were, "Love the venue, love the costumes." Yeah, a lot of oh, there was a lot of good costumes, and there's yeah. going to be even better ones tomorrow because tomorrow's a costume contest. Absolutely. Only one person expressed disappointment that it wasn't today, but. We're breaking the mold. We're not doing mostly. It, someone said, "Oh, Saturday's usually the big costume day." I'm like, "Well, let's make it Sunday. Let's let's do it on Sunday." Also, free parking on Sundays here. It's true. Oh, that's yeah, true. That's oh yeah. Great. Oh, question. Dan. Could be better tomorrow. Dan, I think I've, it's gonna be better tomorrow. I'm not sure how to say her name. Is it Boar? Debor. Debor. Yes. Debor. I saw her. She seemed to be having a good time too. Hopefully. She was really nice. She's yeah. very nice. Yeah. Very pleasant. She's uh, for those who don't know Esri Dax on Star Trek. Uh, Deep Space Nine and on in Cube, which yeah. is screening in about fifteen minutes at the Cinematheque. Oh, I thought it was later. No, sorry, bud. Uh, uh, Cube is is first, <laughs> and then it's Manborg in the Void. So Stephen Kostansky, who is also here, another super nice guy and just so down to earth and and very very fun. I just I saw, I saw he's wearing a Jumbo Video T-shirt, <laughs> and for me that's like the ultimate like that's a Winnipeg reference and yeah. it's like a. Old school video store that we used to have when we were kids, and I used to go there all the time to rent movies and video games. And he's like, "Yeah, man, it was it was like it helped shape what I do because he now makes horror films." What was that? I didn't hear what that was. Someone move their mic stand. Okay. No, it was a creepy doorway. <laughs> yes, it was that opens into an old well. So, uh, so anyway, Stephen was here, he's and Nicole was here, and they had a great time. And Pablo, of course, all the guests. Now, is Nicole going to be back tomorrow? Yes, Nicole's okay, back so I tomorrow. I haven't missed my chance. To nope, nope, she'll yet. be back. She's doing another pet. We're going to get her back together with uh, Kevin McDonald is here tomorrow. So that's the big Sweet. difference. I was going to ask when that's happening. Yeah, so he wasn't. He's shooting a movie in Toronto uh, this week, and he 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 said he could have made it. Uh, for today, but he would have had to like leave Toronto at like five in the morning, something ridiculous. I'm like, no, 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 come back, fly back from Toronto, rest up, and come in tomorrow. Yeah. So he is coming in first thing tomorrow, and yeah, kids in the hall, but also like Invader Zim and uh, and uh, Lilo and, and Stitch. He told me that he's going to San Diego this year to promote the Invader Zim movie, which I didn't know was happening. What? I didn't know they were doing. Yeah, that. they're doing a there's a movie coming out, so he's there to talk about that. But he's giving us a preview. Sick. Here at FanQuest, he's gonna you're gonna hear him talk about the Invaders in movie tomorrow. Can okay, I, that's cool. pretty great. Can I bring the conversation back to having a booth at, a, at an event? Back to you guys? Well, yeah. Make it all about you, Lindy. That's yeah. exactly yeah, what happened. Can we mind. talk about me now? Well, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Normally, when we switch, when we switch, uh, <laughs> oh, come on, Drake, just when we switch. Fine, I'll put some clips in no, it. I got it. I got it covered. <laughs> just listen. Just listen, everyone. Oh, 
Vacation is over. I can't this is why Greg doesn't produce the podcast? Yeah. I've never seen that movie all the way through, but that's the scene I always think of. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, from a wonderful video you can find on YouTube called The Thing, The Musical. Wait. Pa- pause this podcast right movie? now. Yeah. Pause this podcast and watch Thing, The Musical. Thing, The Musical. And then Predator, The Musical. Yeah. Both, and, your life will yeah. be richer. I saw, um, Evil, I saw Evil Dead, The Musical in Vegas, Goodness. which was very, very good. I really enjoyed that. Okay, I'm gonna and they did a production here too. Okay, pick, bringing I'm, it back to yeah, you. I'm going to pick up. But before I hop back into this, I'm going to do a live, a live uh, announcement. We just got a comment on our on our FanQuest Facebook page from Willow Skyler. Thank you, Dan, and your amazing team of minions for a great first date FanQuest. Love the coffee service for the vendors. It's like having our own personal barista. Keep up the amazing work. Get some rest and see you again tomorrow. So I want to toss out a a great shout out there. Congrats, Dan. It's a great event. Um, bringing it back to the booth setup. <laughs> So, <laughs> bringing it back to me. Yeah, well, no. So, so, so Steve and I built our booth based off of episode twenty of the Super Pulp Science. <laughs> Show I could tell. I, I could tell when I saw what you guys were doing. I'm like, yeah, I can. They're they're Show they're up learning. And, Show up and respond and make lists, which is our checklist of how to build a booth at events. Um, we built our booth. Now you get your chance to tell us what we did wrong. And what we should be doing better, because this is our first chance to get this criticism from you. Okay, first off, we didn't start the podcast as a way of, like, please do it only our way, or any of that. Just as a way to suggest to people that if a couple of jokers like Justin and I can make it work sometimes, you probably can too. Because you're probably way better organized and way... um, It's not true. More litigious. You're more (laughs) litigious than we are. All right. As is the course of your profession. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... Yeah, we're not here to tell you what you did wrong. Though we did make a short list. Good. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, so Steve and I, we went. We bought a, a photography stand, a couple banners. Uh, we printed out a bunch of prints, stories. including some fan art prints, <laughs> as well as some prints that uh, are panels from inside of our book, so that we could uh, we could give them away as part of of selling our our book and our prints together. Is one or two outselling the rest by a large margin? Steven, would you say that we've sold fan art more than the inter- than interior panels? I think fan art goes in the bundles more than interior panels. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, off yeah. the top of your head, do you feel like we sold any one fan art more than the others? Batgirl. Batgirl. Hmm. Yeah. So, so we have one that is... Because Batgirl was the only one that sold by itself. Somebody was like, I like That's Batgirl. True. I want to buy that. And... I was pretty stoked. I did a Halo one because I got really excited about Halo Infinite when they announced it at E3. Um, and so I did that. And like, even I barely recognize it as Halo, but I've actually had people go, oh, sweet Halo print. So like, I first thought the way the composition was, I thought that was a Stargate print and I was pretty excited. Is the ring? Yeah. yeah, ring, yeah. It wasn't. Hey, hey, Gregory, it is a Stargate print if oh, you really? want it oh, to great. be. <laughs> you guys did a great thing at point of sale. I, I was going to come before you set up and buy a copy of the book, but I thought, no, I want the full experience. I waited till you were set up. I came uh, and you offered me the book at its you know stated price. But hey, I pulled out a $20 bill and you're like, well, you know what? For just five dollars more, you can pick a print of your choice. And that's the first time we sold that bundle. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's the first time we successfully upsold anyone. Yeah, yeah. I'm but, glad to be your first. No, but in terms of just pure, like, so what makes a good booth composition? So we we took what we thought would be a good composition. We had our own I- issues today where things are falling down and they probably shouldn't have been. Duct tape sucks in this weather. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, so what? What's a, what? What makes a good a good <laughs> booth composition? Mistake. 
because you tell him justin we listen to super pulp science episode 20 yeah <laughs> well no because we we yeah. did and you guys talk about the things that you need for to so that you don't need something that you don't have i, I thought our booth was composed pretty well so duct tape is no no is a ban is your banner stand to the concrete floor yeah that's what you use oh, it for. Oh, okay. Right? Cool. To hold it cool. into place okay. on the ground, but you need some packing tape. Uh, but not m- the really thin stuff. There's that's like the tw- There's like bit two thicker. millimeters or something. Two yeah. Ply. It's, mm-hmm. thi- it's two thicker. Because <laughs> the, the duct tape has um, cloth fiber in it. So it absorbs the humidity. Yeah. So it releases quicker in the humidity. Nicholas then. Burns was telling me that. He said, yeah, as it gets hotter, that glue just lets go. Yeah. And yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, dang. Right. And yeah. it did. Yeah. It did. Right. I, I uh my one of my first conversations with Scott Ford today was like picking apart his booth and it's like, oh, how, how how'd you do that? Uh, what'd you do here? What'd you do there? And I'm like I'm like taking mental notes. Scott Ford Scott, builds He like, built yeah. everything. There's yeah. nothing and manufactured at his booth. I know. It's and small. he told me how he did his banners. So cool. And yeah, yeah speaking yeah. of Scott Ford and while we're talking about booth building, talk about his banners. And I think you have a banner just like his also, don't you? Yeah. So he, he may have said that this is a secret. So I don't know how he feels uh, about that. Do we have that. secrets on Super Oh, is this the thing where he he printed it off Society6? Did I just have yeah. a secret? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're he printed it off Ford. his own. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, because printing banners can be difficult to source, mm-hmm. uh, you can get expensive. curtains. You know, you can open a Society6 account, you can put your art on it, and then you can order from it some curtains with your art printed on it, and it comes quickly, and it's not prohibitively expensive. But it's also And then not he, he just printed one and then he cut it up and yeah, sewed and it and yeah. like put again. in those weight bars and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He didn't make it easy. So yeah. Scott it, Ford is great, said everyone. It, it said said it fits in those those stand up rollers too. Like yeah. and oh man, so yeah. cool. If yeah. uh you know what? Okay, so they're screening the cube, Dan, you said? Yeah. Scott would get out of there. For sure. Sorry? Yeah. He would make it out alive of the cube. What's the, what is the story of the cube, Greg? Oh, how, do I, how, do I, how do I know what that reference? You got to watch that movie, man. I guess you oh, have man. to be more cultured. That's what. Or you have to be born twenty wait, years earlier. Is yeah. the cube the one where? Wait, how old's the cube? Twenty, 20 years. Twenty years. Yeah, okay, it's ninety so ninety-seven. It's not the one where they're like in that box room and they go through a door and they come into another box room. Yeah, that's, yeah, the that's one? it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. One set. They just light it differently yeah, they just light and the set up the. It's camera. an independent yeah. genius. I remember move. that. Yeah. Because that was that was like one of the first like discoveries I made. You know, when Netflix came and everybody's like, "Oh, remember this old movie?" Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah, Cute. I remember watching that. That was a weird movie. It to me when I watched it when it first came out, I was that was the first time I remember thinking. Like, I could tell what they were doing, right? You could tell that they're lighting the set differently, but I thought, that's such a good idea. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's I just admire the film for the for the way they went about making it. So, yeah, I wish I could be there right now to watch the movie. Uh, although I'm having fun talking to you guys, too, so it's all good. Dan? What do you guys think about... Dan, would you recommend The Cube 2 and Cube 3? No, no, Hyper not a... Don't Hypercube? Re- <laughs> no. Hypercube, no. Hypercube. Nicole DeBoer was not in the sequels. No, Hypercube is a no... <laughs> I apologize to the creative team, and I normally don't. You don't. You don't. You don't trash talk yeah. people on your podcast. No, it's no, I don't. In you fact, gave us. Oh, Dan, we can't edit it. this out. You oh, gave us heck for it last time. Oh, no. you heard I'm sure the people. makers of Hypercube are not going to be listening to you. Yeah. Damn it! Now I have to. He, I'm gonna... he meant he didn't mean don't watch him. He he meant don't watch him until you've seen the first one. That's that true. is what I meant. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm going to go exactly. on Twitter and yeah. apologize to the makers of Hypercube. <laughs> 
for don't my, listen to for my <laughs> lack of professionalism to other creative art members. Uh, I'm going to see a rough cut of my crazy horror movie that we oh, worked yes, on on yeah. our, our previous episode. Actually, pop this podcast, this podcast, podcast <laughs> is a complete link of a whole bunch of yeah. narrative threads that have occurred in the podcast so far. So we made a movie. Uh, last weekend yeah was yeah. that fun and I, super fun I just oh, cool. listened to the podcast on the plane ride back over here and yeah we're talking about how this is brought to you by the movie we hope we made we this hope weekend we made. so we made it and I'm going to see a rough cut of it as soon as I leave this podcast and I cannot wait did you wait. film it here we filmed it out at uh, Hillside Beach Where's that? Um, do you know where Grand Beach is? Yeah. Yeah, so near it's that. It's just in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. in that general region. I could be more specific, but then you could find me. <laughs> um, so we found a remote beach, um, uh, really scary, filled with like driftwood and deadfall. and cool. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. is the place where the basic plot of the film is as follows. A couple who is on a Save the Relationship weekend find a um, woman washed up on the beach and when they try to help her she keeps making this very strange noise <laughs> something like that not to the grudge uh not to the grudge actually it's the only noise i can make with my throat like that i've been right notified now. you've been making that noise a lot in the studio this last week could be true it's <laughs> like working away yeah but anyway so uh the uh, as you can imagine the man falls uh, completely and passionately and um homicidally for the woman they've pulled from the water it's all Uh, about that noise yeah he uh yeah kills his wife and leaves with the mermaid he thinks and then he is in turn eaten by her uh because you know that's how life works wait you just spoil that it's a mermaid or do we know like right off the hop no i just spoiled it oh yeah. This is for but the 48 is, hours. To be live. fair, the film, the film is only between six and eight minutes long. So like, oh, you're not putting in a big investment. You're not putting in a big investment. If I've ruined it for you, you can watch it just to see how we did oh, it. So it's right. submit to like festivals and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's That's... a proof of concept for a team that we're working together oh. with, and a way for us to get um, some more shooting time in. And Super cool. sometimes you should just make up stuff and try to shoot it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The budget. Um, vastly exceeded our initial uh no i shouldn't say we had projections that we thought it would be okay if it went in there we thought we could do it for under that turns out you can't and that's a-okay welcome to my world this is the conley yeah (laughs) um but that's uh we'll still be way under a typical budget for a film of this scale but uh we thought we would be able to do the truth is that in the edit most of that money will be spent in post so which is just lots and lots of hours of professional editors doing professional editor jobs. Cool. Right. While we're, cool. while we're on the topic of bringing th- all these story threads together from the, the show, yeah. Gregor, we had a great conversation about self-imposed deadlines. Yeah. Do you, can you talk about the, the pros and maybe the negatives that come along with having setting a deadline for yourself that isn't necessarily like a print deadline, which is kind of what you guys spend a lot of, uh, spend a lot of the show work. talking about? Uh, yeah, I can talk about it. It does work. I have something that I really hope will happen in August, but I don't know if it will happen in August. If it does, I will have no time for anything else. So I have given myself, I cut a month off of a production time that I have for a graphic novel I'm working on. I just said, nope, I'm going to turn it in a month early. And that has caused me to redouble my efforts. And uh, yeah, I think self-imposed deadlines are great. Because you were, you were working on that on the floor today. I was, yeah. Well, just doing uh, thumbnails, just yeah. basic breakdowns. Well, thumbnails are important. Very the math. I was doing the math today yeah. of like how it will all work. 
Um, but I mean, that's pretty typical of me on the show floor anyway. Okay. Um, part of why I knew I could do it, uh, to be honest, yeah. part of when I was budgeting the time for, you know, could I shave this time off? Yeah. Uh, included, could I take two full days and just do thumbnails? And then I looked on the schedule and said, oh, well, FanQuest is coming up. So I know that in and around what's happening at FanQuest, I'll be able to do those breakdowns. And because I'll be focused on just doing those in those little moments, yeah. I won't be second-guessing myself, which is also a thing you can do in thumbnails. I'm sure you... My best thumbnails happen at shows. I don't yeah, know what f- it is about being at a convention, but I just always, yeah, turn out the best thumbnails at shows. Yeah. So was there a... Um... So when Steve and I were working on our book, I know Steve and I went pretty close to the wire to our print deadline to get to get everything finished. Totally on purpose. Was was there what 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 makes what was the switch that flipped that allowed you to be able to to meet a self-imposed deadline versus a a printer stat like a hard deadline that you can't possibly miss? It's usually um like we set the print deadline because we have an event in mind for it. So for example, both Greg and I are working on um, personal art books right now, which we plan to launch at the Fan Expo in Toronto at the uh, beginning of September. So we talk to the printer and find out, okay, when's the latest we can send you files to have physical books for this event? Mm. And that's usually why we're setting those deadlines. So there, there really isn't any wiggle room. If we don't have an event like that in mind, we usually tell the printer, like, give us another two weeks, three weeks kind of thing. So it's usually an event drives that deadline. Yeah, and I find that event-driven deadlines also um, help. It sounds goofy, but there's a, like, for me, imagining the finished object is an important step in Being planning the book. by those hundreds of thousands yeah and like holding it and imagining like okay i'm going to be passing this thing to this person what should it look like how should it feel why should it feel that way it helps in that step because i think a lot of times people forget that part of the bookmaking process that Mm -hmm. it's going to exist as a physical object it's just becomes so much a talisman of their hopes and dreams and ideologies and no it's really just this thing you're going to hand to someone else and then they get to hate it if they want yeah yeah some people who have bought your book gentlemen have gone home and they feel like they want their money back. And, and we talked about that in our very first, the first episode of this right? trilogy. About that's going to happen. There are for sure people. They're going to come oh, yell no at us. Right? And there are bad reviews of my books. There's no, you know, it's just how it is. But like at the same time, I can't, there's a horror, like I don't know what we would have done if we had not made our print deadline. We didn't have the book for this event. We wouldn't have a table. We wouldn't have anything. <laughs> so that's the thing. I didn't have a self-imposed deadline. Had the print deadline. Yeah. And, uh, I guess this might have been a disconnect between Lyndon and I, but I was always confident, even if it came down to the last minute, that that book would be done and ready to go. Like, I, like my part, like my part, not to single you up, but, yeah, like, no. but like I would have what we need to get this done in time. I, I would never go over the deadline. I knew that. I had a lot of trouble meeting my own deadlines. Like, oh, I'll finish this number of pages by this date or right. something like that. But like, even when it came down to it, yeah. like he, he'd be like, are you doing... Okay. Are, we, are we okay? Are we going to make the deadline? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. And but, I think I did the last 20 pages in two weeks. Oh, absolutely. And that's like that. Yeah. And that's what it was. was like yeah. I had a finished script to you in December. Yeah. We were like, we need to have this for to the printer by the middle of May. Yeah. And it's like, it's the middle of April. And we have 
a third to half the book done. We're not anywhere close to being done. Yeah. You're like, no, it's fine. It'll be it's okay. Fine. That yeah. last that, little bit, you're so like, warmed up. You're so like in the yeah. zone. But I'm like, I, but you've I, only been giving me one page a week <laughs> for like six months. I need more. Yeah. I was just, I just, I had the confidence in myself. I knew, and, and I didn't know how I was going to do it. Like this went through my head a lot. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I'm like, I know I'm going to figure it out. Like I, I knew that was going to happen. Well, also you don't yeah. have a choice. Well, exactly. I knew I would like. I did a whole degree doing this kind of thing, and it's like I, I just knew it was going to happen because it just does, I guess. But yeah, and uh, you know, different people respond differently to deadlines. It cripples some people, right? But other people thrive on it. You know, um, you yeah. just have to uh, uh, explore those limits best you can. Tricorder noise? No, no one likes a tricorder. No, 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 no. I, I'm okay with I that. Try to segue nicely into a tricorder noise. How about that? That's more. That's better. Is that a phaser? Justin is just. Is that, ori- is that like uh, original series? Original series. Yeah. The only. I'm a next generation kind of guy. Yeah, I've been watching TNG lately. Although okay. we shall all be watching DS9 because Nicole, Nicole DeBoer is here. It's true. I mean, yeah, well, we have all been watching DS9. Okay, well, I have a Star Trek. More pop culture references than Star oh, Trek. Wow. What is the captain that you would follow? Into death. Janeway. Janeway. It it would really be Janeway. I love her. She was the best captain for me. I'm going to be honest. I've never watched an episode of Star Trek. Oh, you suck. I love Picard. Just joking. I love Picard, but it would be be Archer. Archer? Into death. Oh, I never did watch that one. It was... I loved it. I never did get into that one. I'm into season three now, and now I know what all the fuss was about. Like, one and two, I had seen some, but I'm now into the season three where they were like... Enterprise. And there were so many... There's like... You know, there's there's H.P. Lovecraft references. There's like Cenobite yeah, spins just, in there. It's such there's... a large commitment to watch all of the Star Trek. And you can no, just skip to season. They're all short. Like people binge like nine season shows all the time. But you want to watch TNG? It's seven seven seasons. Uh, and seven seasons of twenty four episodes oh, each. Yeah. Are they an hour long or half hour long? Hour. They're oh my god. No, it's no. A, it's a clean forty minutes. It's a okay. oh, that's right because you edit for commercials, so yeah. they're really forty. Man, I want to just want to make comics with my time. I don't got time to watch movies. Okay, here's shows. why. Here's why Justin is nodding. He knows exactly what I'm going to say. Here's why we watch so much Star Trek in the studio. Star Trek is like, um, like an old radio drama. You don't have to watch it. Yeah. To really appreciate. I mean, you can watch it and really appreciate it but you can also just put it on in the background and listen to these amazing exchanges of dialogue and you know especially if watching original series when you hear the sound of the phaser firing you know it's one of three shots of the ship right Mm -hmm. doing the phaser fire you don't have to (laughs) turn to look at that i was literally just thinking about this like driving around yesterday um because i've been watching tng and i'm like i'm like I'm like, oh, I could, I could really go for like listening to it right now. And I'm like, so they would make a killing if they just like, you know, like on Twitch when they stream um, Bob Ross, yeah, 24 yeah. seven. If they just did like an audio stream of TNG because or, or anything, because they literally describe everything they're doing. So and Justin has an old school version of that he used to do in his family van. Well, okay, yeah, like um, I used to have a, a not so, well, not so glamorous job of pressure washing um, oh. pig pens during the summer. Oh, interesting. And so what I would do is, because, uh, yeah, I grew up on a farm, um, I would take my stereo, which was hooked up to the TV, and I would put in cassette tapes, and I would record movies onto the cassette tapes, oh, okay. and then listen to them on my Walkman. So I listened to, like, the Matrix trilogy, and a bunch of Stephen King movies, cool. and, like, just back to back to back, I would listen to movies, 
And then actually when I started working as a graphic designer, I found a website called listentoamovie.com and it's just the audio of movies That's you cool, play so on cool. your computer. That's great. And That's so great I would, Is it still on? Like it's still I, I, I don't know. I haven't been there for years. But like I would just – I would listen to movies. It, it doesn't work for movies you've never seen, but like yeah. your favorite yeah. movies, like listening to them, that was – it was a great yeah. – as, as a dad who drives a van that has a DVD player in the back, I – You're still listening to movies. I, I do. I literally listen to movies all the time and, and – uh, it is satisfying, absolutely. Now that that leads me to another question. Actually, for for mostly for Gregory, who is saying, I know. So so Stephen, you're an artist. Justin, you're an artist. Um, Gregory, you are an you're an artist, and but you also write your own stuff. <laughs> oh, <that laughs> hesitance the there. That I write my own stuff. Because nobody's ever read it. So. Okay. So but, but Gregory, so you you do your art and you write your own stuff. Yeah. What do you have on in the background when you're writing? Not when you're not when you're arting, but when you're arting. writing. So uh, if it's cr- depends on if it's crunch time. So ideas come to me just wherever they are. Yeah. Write them down. Could be any kind of noise. My favorite thing, my favorite place to write, is in a place filled with the noise of people doing things. So it defaults to restaurants yeah. sometimes, but university campuses are amazing for that. Right, just places where lots of people are making lots of disparate noises, yeah. but it has to be loud enough that I can't make out any one conversation I feel like I've heard you say this before right yeah. and then I, that's my favorite place to write that or uh, lately either first thing in the morning or really late at night and um, I like to put on soundtracks I like to put on stuff like that um, you know it's uh, it's about making choices really and you just try to live with them and sometimes the work is good and sometimes it isn't so it was uh, like often at the end of the project Actually, so with Cassie and Tonk, I think I was binging The Next Generation in the last, like, couple weeks. And for Rust and Water, it was Voyager. I watched, like, seven seasons <laughs> in a really short amount of time. And mostly listened to them. <laughs> mostly listened to them because, by yeah, by season seven, I knew exactly what was going on without having to look at the screen. So was that TNG for the last couple? Was I? No. Uh, those last two weeks, I was silent. I, I don't think I ran like obviously I at some points like be podcast or something like that. But for the most part, when I really get down to it, because I get worried that I'm going to spend too much time picking what I'm going to listen to or watch and I'm wasting time on the work I was going to do. So I work well silent as well. And I think I think those last two weeks was mostly silent. But one thing like I'll, I'll watch TV or listen to TV while I work. One thing I really love doing, and these are harder to find, but um, I like having something on YouTube or whatever where somebody else is working. So like Bob Ross is really good, like listening to someone create something. But a big thing is uh, also Bob Ross just makes you feel like you can do it. I know. Yeah. He's just yeah. so you, positive. Like, it's going to be yeah. okay. Yeah, frustrated. And he goes, if you told me 20 years yeah. ago that Bob Ross was going to be as popular as he is today, I would have called you crazy. Because he was kind of like, when I was a kid... He was kind of the guy with the funny hair. He was like the loony. Well, you know, that just tells you. You know, I think we can look at the people that we think are a little bit out there now. Yes, yes. Right? They're going to be guiding the next generation. <laughs> That's right. right? Yeah. No, and like, but a big one for me is uh, Tested.com is, um, so Adam Savage. Adam Savage. I just watched one of those the other day. Those yeah. are oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, and he does um, one day builds where oh, yeah. uh, they're not as long as they used to be, but like he'd spend like an hour or two hour. It'd be like a long video where he's just building something. Like one time he built Barbarella's rifle from a photo of Barbarella. 
and he like guessed Jane Fonda's height and scaled it that way and like like he does re- or, or on another time they built uh, he has many videos where he's building different iterations of the Blade Runner blaster and like listening to someone who's excited about what they're doing working really really helps me keep going too so side note there's a new barbarella comic series out. i have a few issues yeah. oh, yeah. is it any good What's it? Uh, i haven't read much of it but i got i started getting it for sci-fi reference to oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. for like ideas i can see the stuff. influences of that kind of stuff in uh, in the infinite universe for sure that kind of old school <laughs> sci-fi yeah. i really love that stuff guys we're getting close to an hour so we got to wrap things up but this is a double episode no, it's, not. it's a fan <laughs> quest and an infinite universe episode <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. And then I so why away oh, didn't it take the blue pill? Can I can I say one yeah. last well, I'm just one saying, last thing? I think about we're the, taking the blue pill now because you don't get a double episode. Can I uh, <laughs> can I say one last thing about the influence of Infinite Universe to the Infinite Universe? Yes, so um, and we not you we'd spoken about this. Um, there's a, an interior shot in our book on our title cover that is heavily inspired by a cover of the book 1984 by George Orwell that I had seen. And you finally read that book, by I the way. I finally right? read that book this week. And <laughs> we have a bunch of propaganda-style ads in our book that are very similar to – or that feel sort of sort of tied into that book. Um, fun story, I learned that, one, 1984 is public domain in Canada. So mm-hmm. I feel less bad about having a very homage style – Title cover, but um, Steve and I, the, the spoiler alert, there's an alien in our story that we named Winston, right from, and there's a joke that goes along with it in the, in the story, but I learned after reading 1984 this week that the main character in that book is named Winston, Winston Smith. Yeah. yeah. So it was this loops within loops, and it, I really enjoyed really it. I have to add one more thing off of that yeah. because it, it ties into Back to FanQuest. Uh, today, Pablo Hidalgo did uh, a talk about Solo uh, inside his guide, the, the, the yeah. official guide of Solo. And he talks about how he gets to name a ton of stuff. Uh, he <laughs> gets to awesome. name um, droids. He says that, uh, okay, apparently Warwick Davis plays 11 characters in, in Solo. Um, and I didn't, I saw I him. I love Warwick Davis. I, I saw, him. well, and, he had, and, and as much as now that what they try to do is give him. Uh, a role without a mask, so you can right. see his face, right? Um, and I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this. He didn't want us recording that uh, that session. Uh, <laughs> but here's a couple of tidbits. He named uh, the the droid. He plays the droid in the scene where uh, L3 like frees the droid and like calls them up and gets them going. And so he, Warwick Davis plays that droid where she removes the restraining bolt, and that droid had a uh, had W whatever it was Warwick yep. Davis's yep. initials. And the other one was, um, uh, what was it now? I don't remember. Oh, oh, the character that we see his face in uh, whatever scene that is when he's part of the Amethyst Nest gang, gang leader in the film. Yeah, right. Um, that is actually the same character. Were you there when they said that? No, I, okay. I, I was. I was going to add this if you didn't say it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was going to. Uh, so, guys, I don't know if you guys remember Warwick Davis in uh, the Phantom Menace. He is. Plays, plays a character in the pod racing scene. Um, where they're cheering on and doing stuff, and in the he's, audience with Watto. he's in the audience with Watto. Uh, that's the same character. He's the same guy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so, and he's like, and Pablo's like, he ages. It's almost the same time, so he ages perfectly. So, uh, but that kind of stuff. But Pablo gets to name like the speeder that La- that Han uses at the beginning of the movie. He gets to name a ton of stuff, and it was very cool how he kind of brings this, like he injects his own kind of Canadian. 
Um, he called it something something Bay Company. It was a fur trading thing, so he kind of named it after Hudson's Bay Company and puts these little references in for himself. So very cool guy. Super cool. And it's just a thrill to have him in FanQuest, and he's here tomorrow as well. So there you go. So I think maybe upon reflecting on all the threads of these disparate conversations that have all come and accumulated here, it's important, I think, for all of us to recognize that when you're making stuff up, hmm. right, you don't always know how it will go. But deep down, you do need to find a community of people who are going to encourage you to do those things, mm-hmm. sort of whatever their cost. Also, it right? sounds like from, from listening to from Pablo's stuff that the best things that you can make are the things that speak to you. Yeah. Get you right in the heart. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been... Super Pulp Science, where we talk about how genre gets made. This is Gregory Kamichuk encouraging you to join the fight and make comics, but also to find your community and encourage them as well.